Here's Life Rocks with Dr. Ramesh Richard. So, by critical thought, we have come to the conclusion that hell is a plausible reality, not species is spurious, not false or untrue, and yet it has not been proven but allows for such proof. Which brings me to my second major movement, that hell is a plausible reality but requires justified belief. Just because you conceive of something does not mean that it exists. This is where we bring the theologians in and they say, yes, except when perfection requires necessity of being. Let me explain. Just because you have a concept of God does not mean he exists. But for God to be perfect, he needs to exist and therefore your concept of God includes his existence. Now, if we transfer it to the matter of hell, you need to ask, why do all people in the world have some concept of a permanent punitive punishment or uh, pain that compensates or adequately is retributive for everything that a man or a woman does? Is there a possibility that this conception really can be translated into existence because the reality of evil demands that kind of a response. Nevertheless, whenever we come to believe upon something, we have to come to that belief through just a variety of sources. One such source is called testimony. Testimony is where you appeal to authority to come to a knowledge or a conviction that something is true. Not only belief, but knowledge. Uh, much of what I know, much of what you know, really has come to you from outside. You didn't uh, come to conclusions on your own having experienced it all yourself, and some of your experiences may actually be false. Let me explain this. Many of you don't know about Gangtok Sikkim, but you just heard about it. It's a place, and it's a beautiful place. You now know about it through Revelation. You can look it up on the internet, you can hear testimonies of people who have been there, its beauty, its scenery, and so on. In the same way, hell can be established from authoritative sources. Now there's false appeal to authority and true appeal to authority. A false appeal to authority is someone who is without integrity or character or not an expert on the subject who gives you information. Check out the Urban Legends websites and you will know that there are lots of stuff floating around. But a good or true appeal to authority is when a person is both expert in knowledge but also is trustworthy in character. When it comes to hell, we actually have that kind of a, of a testimony of a person who is expert in knowledge and trustworthy in character. Uh, many of you know one of the greatest men who ever lived in the world is uh, the man called Jesus, whom some, of course, worship as God. Now, Jesus claimed to have expert knowledge on hell, and then he pursued it by showing that he's a trustworthy character so that you need to accept the possibility of hell from him. Expert knowledge. He gives every indication that he was there when hell was created. Its constituents, its entrance requirements, including him being the one who judges who goes to heaven or hell. Its duration, that is eternal. Its timing when it comes to be. Its nature. Uh, for example, he says, hell is permanent. 
uses the same word eternal, unceasing forever, that he uses of God himself. So as long as God exists, there's unceasing forever existence of hell. Jesus also says that hell is very, very painful, very painful. I don't want to get dramatic or melodramatic here because you've seen uh, lots of horrific, horrid situations. But here are some images of hell that the Lord Jesus used. For example, he said, hell is like an eternal dustbin, a garbage can, a trash dump, where all the unrepairable, the unsalvageable, salvageable, unredeemable stuff is placed. Occasionally, I help my wife out with taking out the garbage. I never have to wonder if something of value and worth uh, is placed there. And if the you know, garbage stays there very long, maggots come in, creeping things come in. Hell is for that which cannot be sold on eBay. It's for that which is completely uh, of no worth. The eternal dustbin. Jesus also said hell uh, is a eternal darkness. Have you ever been in a place when it's just absolutely dark? He called it outer darkness. You've been to a wedding. Inside the wedding hall there is festivity and joy and music and laughter. But hell is outside. There's darkness. When uh, there are no lights, uh, there's uh, a noise here, a scratch there when uh, your phone battery is dead and your GPS doesn't work, so you can't see the numbers either on your uh, system or on the road. Uh, hell is considered uh, eternal darkness. That will drive you crazy. If you've been in a non, uh, known place, a place that's forlorn, you've experienced it. Jesus also described in his expert knowledge of hell that uh, uh, hell is uh, an eternal place of detention. It's called a life imprisonment. A life imprisonment is for those who cannot get out ever. That there is a huge gulf fix between uh, hell and anywhere else that uh, you can go to. There is no rescue. I went to visit a friend once who was thrown into prison for 30 days. And though it was just hard and difficult, uh, the very fact that he uh, will uh, be released in 30 days gave him hope to be alive, to put up with the hardship and the ghastliness of prison. Hell is seen as eternal detention. Another uh, image of hell is that hell is um, a fiery furnace, eternal uh, destruction. Fire is, is, a, uh, is possibly the worst known pain. Uh, there is in the human race. You go to a hospital to a separate burning uh, treatment unit and you will hear the moaning and the groaning of, of, of fire. Now we don't know the chemical composition of the fire that Jesus speaks about because both physical bodies and the fire exist and coexist. He uses a phrase about where the worm does not die and where the fire is not quenched. That is, the worm is the internal pain that uh, you will experience and the fire is the external pain that you will experience. Eternal uh, destruction. But then he uses another phrase. Uh, we call it eternal devastation of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, weeping uh, over loss, regret, sorrow, regret loss, 
regret, sorrow. Have you, ever, have you ever experienced losing something and you can't find it? You look for it everywhere. Or losing a loved one and you go through the grief cycle. And uh, what if you never got over the grief cycle? Hell is a place where there's no laughter. That itself will drive uh, people crazy. And, uh, no jokes, no creativity, no music, no art, no aesthetics. No culture, everything that you enjoyed in life, you better enjoy it right now if you want to go to hell because earth may be the closest uh, you come to heaven. Uh, weeping, meaning uh, groaning and groveling and in pain. The other part of it is this gnashing. It's, it's the gritting of teeth. Uh, the gritting of teeth could be because of terrible pain that a person experiences, trying to grit the teeth and face the reality of pain. But there's also the gritting of teeth and rebellion. It is possible that in hell, People say, uh, I hate God and I want to be here. And the rebellion only intensifies in anger, uh, in anarchy, uh, where every person has to fend for himself and assert himself. Remember Milton who said, better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven will be the sentiment of paradise lost. Everybody feels he's a king in heaven except they have to face all the other kings in heaven. Selfish anarchy. I'm told that in hell, uh, there was a large stew pot and everybody was hungry and famished. The way to get to the stew was through long handles. And the handles of the spoons were larger and longer than the length of the hands. So it was not possible for a person to dip the spoon into the stew and get it for himself. And yet, all of them went hungry. They never thought once of feeding each other with their spoons. That could have solved the problem, but because of selfishness, anarchy. You know where they look for freedom the most? Freedom is sought for in prison. Freedom is never sought for in lovers, says the philosopher. Jesus says uh, the eternal devastation. That's his expert knowledge. But we know it is also trustworthy knowledge because uh, he claimed to be God's uh, representative. He said, I speak and do the words that God want me to, uh, wants me to do and say. He said, I was there when uh, the origins of hell were put in place because the prime prince and all his uh, cohorts who wanted to rebel against God was, was thrown out and I saw him being cast out. Uh, I, he says, uh, want to tell you that hell was not created for human beings, it was created for the devil and his angels, but, uh, you know, we, we put ourselves there. Uh, he also uh, said in trustworthiness, I'm going to die instead of you so that you won't have to go to hell. I'll take your hell for you. You know, people will die for something that they n believe is true, even though it may be false, but they will never die for something that is false and they know to be false. And why did Jesus have to die in a selfish way? No, in a sacrificial way, selfless way, to die instead of you and me to take our hell. Uh, and of course, we know Jesus is trustworthy in his knowledge about hell because he 
rose the third day. He was raised from the dead on the day that he said he will be. Uh, raising himself from the dead. And, you know, why would God raise him from the dead if he was lying? So we have both expert knowledge and trustworthy character in Jesus. And don't dismiss him just because he doesn't look like the rescuer that you want. A Danish philosopher by the name of Søren Kierkegaard uh, talked about uh, a, a circus which was held on a hill and fire began to encroach on the circus. Suddenly he realized that this fire will not only get the circus but will spread down the hill into the village. And so he shouted to his circus staff and said, somebody needs to come and let everybody know in the village that a fire is coming so that they can be saved, they can run to their safety. The clown volunteered to be the messenger of this huge warning about fire. He got on his bicycle, rushed down to the village, and he shouted, run for your lives, run for your lives, run for your lives. The people came out of the village and they saw him and they cheered him. And he said, you're doing a good thing. You're acting just like a clown. This is wonderful. And he said, no, run for your lives, run for your lives. The more desperately he shouted, guess what? The more the crowd cheered. And finally, the village was devastated and many people were killed because after all, he was a clown. Don't dismiss Jesus because he is dressed in a different way than you expected a rescuer to show up. He is the one with expert knowledge. He's the one with trustworthy character who says hell is a possibility. It requires justified belief. For more from Dr. Richards and a free download, go to liferocks.org.